Hello, everyone. What a joy it is to come to you once again. Thank you for watching our broadcast. I believe you're really going to enjoy today. I'm going to take you into a service at the Southwest Believers Convention sponsored by Kenneth Copeland Ministries, where I had the privilege of preaching each and every day. Well, let's see, this was back in July of 2016. But the services were so powerful that I believe you are going to enjoy this. You're going to receive some revelation from it. We're going to be talking about redeemed and restored. You are the redeemed of the Lord. God wants to restore to you everything the devil has taken from you. So I want you to watch this. Get your notebook out. Get your Bible out. Take notes. I'm telling you, you're going to be glad you tuned in today. This is going to be a powerful time together. So watch now, and then I'll be back in a few moments with some closing remarks. So I'm going to be talking about all week about this great breaking loose, praise God. And I want to begin with something today that uh, uh, I certainly love talking about. And um, it's part of that great breaking loose. And we're going to another level with it. I want you to open your Bibles to Psalm 102. Psalm 102. Oh, while you're turning there. This morning, while Brother Copeland was preaching, the word of the Lord came to me about this meeting. And I, I wrote it down as Brother Copeland was preaching at it. At the end of his message, I started to get up and say, Brother Copeland, I have a, a word from the Lord here. And uh, he brought Brother Keith up about that time. And I didn't want to interfere with, with uh, Brother Keith ministering. So I said, well, I'll just, I'll just hold it until it's my time. But let me read this to you. I wrote this down while Brother Copeland was preaching. The word of the Lord shall be boldly proclaimed and healings and miracles shall be done in my name. Manifestations of my power, that's what you will see. Expect it to happen and so shall it be. No need to leave with pain and sorrow. There's an anointing here for a better tomorrow. This time has been arranged and set aside for you that you might experience my presence and my glory too. So open your mouth and boldly decree, this is my week to become totally free. Yeah. Hallelujah. Shout it with me. This is my week to become totally free. Come on, somebody shout it. This is my week to become totally free. Amen. All right, you can be seated. Psalm 102. And so this man has come under great attack to such a level that he has become overwhelmed by the attacks. It starts out somewhat negative. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Hide not thy face from me in the day when I am in trouble. Incline thine ear unto me in the day when I call. Answer me speedily. In other words, God, if you don't do something now or if you don't do something quick, I don't know if I can stand any longer. I don't know if I can um, withstand anymore. I don't know if we're going to be able to continue. God, you better come through and do it quick. Anybody ever prayed like that? So this man is under a lot of pressure and he says, God, hear me when I cry. 
And I'd appreciate if you do something real quick. And then notice he says in verse three, my days are consumed like smoke. Uh, verse four, my heart is smitten. Um, verse eight, my enemies reproach me all the day. Uh, verse 11, my days are like a shadow that declineth. I'm withered like grass. So notice the first 11 verses in this psalm, the man is under a lot of pressure. And, and as this footnote says, he is pouring out his complaint before the Lord. But then suddenly in verse 12, his tone and his attitude changes. But thou, O Lord. But thou, O Lord. You know, I believe that while he's talking like this, he suddenly remembered something. And he says, but thou, Lord, shall endure forever, and thy remembrance under all generations. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. Hallelujah. I believe once again, he began to remember how that in times past in his own life, when he was under pressure before, when he was overwhelmed at other times, that God came through. And he's remembering this, just like David did when he faced Goliath. And here the psalmist suddenly remembers, wait a minute, even though I'm going through all this and it has a lot of pressure and it looks impossible, but I recall the last time I was in a similar situation, God came through. And how many of you know if God's ever come through once, he can do it again and again and again. And notice he says, thou shalt arise. That's a great statement. Thou shalt arise. It means to spring up and to go into action. Psalm 68, 1 says, let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. There are other translations that say, God will arise and his enemies will be scattered. This is also mentioned in Numbers chapter 10 and verse 35. In Psalm 7, verse 6, arise, O Lord, Lift up yourself against the rage of my adversaries. Arouse yourself for me. Psalm 17 and verse 13. Arise, O Lord, and deliver. Psalm 44, 26. Rise up and be our help. Psalm 94, 2. Rise up and render recompense. Recompense means payback. In other words, God, spring up, take action, and pay me back for what the devil's put me through. Yeah. Amen. And then Psalm 12, verse 5, because of the devastation of the afflicted, because of the groaning of the needy, now I will arise, says the Lord, I will set him in safety for, for which he belongs. So notice, when God arises, he takes action. In Psalm 68, verse 1, the message translation says, up with God, down with his enemies. I like that. Up with God and down with his enemies. So when God arises, what needs to be done will be done. 
when God arises, what he intends is what happens. Hallelujah. Notice he says, God will arise and favor will flow. Say that with me. God will arise and favor will flow. Now, let me show you this pattern. Let's go to the book of Exodus chapter 3. Exodus chapter 3 and look at verse 7. Now, remember, the psalmist was afflicted and he was overwhelmed and he's crying out to God for help. And then he suddenly remembers that when God's people are afflicted and overwhelmed and they cry out to God, God arises and his favor begins to flow. So notice this pattern. Exodus chapter 3 and verse 7. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters and I know their sorrows and I am come down to deliver them. That means God is saying, I will arise. To come down, he has to arise. I will come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land and a large unto a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites. And then notice verse 21. Now notice in verse 7 and 8, what is God saying? I will arise. Why? Because I've heard the cries of the afflicted. I have seen their sorrow. I see the condition they're in. And then he says, I will arise and I will come down and I will deliver them. But then verse 21 says, and I will give this people favor. I will give this people favor. Say it with me. I will give this people favor. Notice there's a connection here. When God arises, favor flows. Amen. I got some good news for you. He is arising. And his favor is about to flow beyond what you've ever experienced before. Notice here, I will arise and I will give this people favor and it shall come to pass that when you go, you shall not go empty or empty handed. When God arose and he gave this people favor, when they left Egypt, they had stripped the Egyptians, taken out all the gold and all the silver. So it sounds like to me, when the favor of God is flowing, finances get involved somehow. Prosperity gets involved somehow. Not only that, but restoration. You get back what was taken from you. Can you say amen? Now, this is not the first time this occurred, but I want you to see the pattern there. This also can be found in the story of Joseph. And that story is beginning in verse, uh, or chapter 37 of the book of Genesis and goes all the way through chapter 42. But rather than read Genesis 37 all the way through 42, let's just let Stephen put it in a few words for us in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 7 Verses 9 and 10, Stephen talking about Joseph and his story, he sums it up in about three verses, two or three verses. He says, and the patriarchs, this is speaking of Joseph's brothers, the patriarchs moved with envy or jealousy 
and sold Joseph into Egypt, but God was with him. Everybody say, God was with him. And delivered him out of all his affliction and gave him favor. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God saw the affliction of Joseph. And what happened? God arose. God arose. And when God arises, he takes action. He exerts his power. He delivered him out of his afflictions and gave him favor in the sight of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and made him governor over Egypt and all his house. When God saw the affliction of Joseph, he arose, he went to work, he went into action, and he gave the man favor, and he took him from the pit to the palace. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at your neighbor and say, you just might be headed from the pit to the palace. <laughs> Glory to God. Notice the pattern once again. The early church came under great attack as recorded in the book of Acts. It began pretty much with Peter and John getting a man at the gate called Beautiful healed. You remember the story? He's asking alms. They stopped and they said, silver and gold have we none, but such as we have, give we thee. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. The apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1, this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The word perilous can be uh, uh, defined as dangerous, difficult. The Amplified defines perilous times as times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. If that doesn't describe 2016, I don't know what does. Times of great stress and trouble. There are a lot of Christians that are stressed out right now. It says, times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. Didn't say impossible, but hard. Can you say amen? amen. When the disciples asked Jesus, uh, tell us about the end. What will be the signs of the end? He began to talk about all the chaos, all the calamity. And then he says, but see that you be not troubled. Sounds like to me, Jesus is saying there is a way to live in the midst of trouble and not even be troubled. Amen. That trouble be all around and yet you got peace. Amen. Trouble all around and you don't have a worried thought. See that you be not troubled. But the fact is, Paul is describing our day. Perilous times shall come. Times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. But then in verse 14, he says, but continue thou in the things which you have learned. Notice he didn't say, and when these times come, you're going to need some new revelation that nobody's ever heard of. You don't need some new revelation that nobody's ever heard of. He said, when times like this come, continue in the things which you have learned. Well, what have we learned just in the last 40 minutes? We've learned that God has a pattern. When his people are facing stressful, troubled 
times, afflicted times, times of great challenges, then God arises and his favor begins to flow. So that's what I'm going to do in times like this. I'm just going to continue in what I've learned and I know that there is a pattern with God. There's no need to sweat this. There's no need to get bent out of shape. There's no need to quit. There's no need to fold up. There's no need to turn back because I know that I know my God will arise and his favor will flow. Give him a shout if you believe it. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and tell him again, things are looking up. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 7, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. There are other translations that say in succeeding generations. The ages to come here is not a reference to heaven. He said, in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. Folks, we don't need exceeding grace in heaven. <laughs> you have heard the devil's not going. <laughs> Amen. You missed a good opportunity to shout right there. The devil's not going. Amen. I don't need exceeding grace in heaven because I don't have any adversary in heaven. It, once again, there are translations that's, that say in succeeding generations. In other words, Paul is saying, we have experienced the grace, which is just another word for favor, unmerited favor. The Amplified uses that most of the time when you see the word grace in the King James, the Amplified uh, defines it as unmerited favor. They're one and the same. Paul is saying, we've experienced the favor of God, the grace of God, in my generation, we know the early church experienced it because we read from Acts chapter 4 where great grace and rich favor rested upon them. We know that, that the people uh, in, in, in Exodus chapter 3 experienced favor. We just read about it. We know Joseph experienced favor of God. We read about it. We know Esther did. We know Daniel did. The favor of God has manifested in every generation. But Paul says that in the ages to come, he will manifest the exceeding riches of his grace. Now listen to the Amplified. The immeasurable, limitless, surpassing riches of his free grace, his unmerited favor. Notice these three words, immeasurable, limitless, and surpassing. Immeasurable. Favor that cannot be measured. <laughs> Glory to God. When the world sees that favor operating in you and me, it will attract them to the God we serve. Amen. Listen, you're all familiar with Isaiah chapter 60, verses 1 through 3. And it says, arise and shine. Now God's telling us to arise. 
He has arisen. Now it's time for us to arise. Arise and shine for the glory of the Lord shall be seen upon thee, he says. Amen. What is the glory of God? It's the manifested presence, manifested power, and manifested goodness or favor of God. And the Bible says, and it'll be seen on you. People will not be able to deny there's something on you that's not on them, and it's making things happening for you that's not happening for them, and they'll be attracted to it. The favor of God on your life is going to become one of the greatest soul-winning tools you have disposal of. Hallelujah. When they start asking, how are you doing this? Where are you getting all this? It's the favor of God. Hallelujah. Amen. And it says, and the Gentiles or the non-believers shall come to thy light. They will be attracted to what's on you and me. Praise God. And that's where we are right now. Extraordinary things are happening in the heaven. Everybody look up. Satan's doing his best to keep this from happening. But God has spoken. Hallelujah. God has arisen. God's pattern is, is, is in action again. Hallelujah. The set time has come. Glory to God. February the 8th, I was preaching in London, and the Lord said this, rest assured that I'm working in your behalf and things are about to turn and you're headed for a big laugh. Your enemy thought he surely would win, but I've spoiled his plans and you will win again. So lift up your voice, let joy flow out and praise me now with a victory shout. Hallelujah. This came on March the 6th when I was preaching in Clemens, North Carolina. From here on out, you'll begin to hear more and more of my people describing what I did for them using the word suddenly. More and more suddenlies are coming your way. Hallelujah. Somebody lift your hands and shout, I receive that. Say, I receive that.
it's time for you to start rejoicing. Has your life been devastated in some way? Are you under attack in your marriage, your family, your health, or finances? Well, now is not the time to give up. In the book, From Devastation to Restoration, Jerry Savelle teaches that you don't have to be discouraged. You don't have to feel hopeless or overwhelmed. You have the greater one on the inside of you, and he is more than capable of turning a devastating situation into restoration. In the three-CD teaching, Redeemed and Blessed, you can learn how God's redemptive plan is complete and perfect, covering every area of our lives. Redemption all started at the cross. This powerful series will give you a better and more complete understanding of the importance of the cross and Jesus' victorious resurrection. Don't wait. Call or go online now to jerrysavelle.org and request the Redeemed and Restored Package complete with From Devastation to Restoration and the three-CD teaching Redeemed and Blessed. You are a candidate for restoration. Start laying hold of this revelation today. Hey, I'm really excited about my friend Richard Roberts being with us here at Heritage of Faith on December the 11th. And if you're in the Fort Worth area, why don't you make your plans to come and join with us? It's going to be a great healing service. The anointing of God is going to be flowing. So if you are in the area, make your plans to join with us. And I believe God is going to show up and touch your life. Also, let me remind you that our special offer, three CDs entitled Redeemed and Blessed. You know, the Bible says in the book of Psalms, let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Well, let's add to that, let the blessed of the Lord say so. In fact, you ought to be talking all the time about the fact that you are redeemed and you are blessed. Powerful series, three CDs, at least an hour each, three hours of revelation knowledge flowing, and I know that they will touch your life in a powerful way. And then my book, From Devastation to Restoration. This book's been out of print for quite some time, and we've just brought it back, and it's revised, and I'm telling you, it will change your life. A friend of mine told me several years ago that he had lost his business, lost everything he had, and he got a hold of this book and he began reading it and he said, I got up every day and I spent a couple of hours reading this book and when I finished it, I started all over again, I read it again, and he did this for three months. He read this book for three months every day. And he said, and I kept confessing by faith that God is going to restore my business, restore my finances. And you know, God did. It didn't happen overnight, but he did. And when he did, that man became not only a great contributor to my ministry, but several other ministries as well, because he dared to believe that God wanted to restore to him everything the devil has stolen. So if you've come under financial attack, the devil's been stealing from you, I'm telling you, this is the book you've been looking for. So order these resources today so that we can get them to you very quickly and you can get them in your home, begin to read, begin to listen, and then expect God to restore to you everything the devil has stolen. Thank you for joining me today. And don't forget, next week, we're going to continue this study on redeemed and restored. So don't miss it. And until then, remember, your faith will overcome the world. Next week. Most of the time, when God's people are not walking in covenant blessings, it's either because of a lack of knowledge or it's because they know the Word says this, but they don't believe it, or they know it and they believe it, but they won't receive it. Look at your neighbor and say, I know it. 
I believe it, and I receive it. Say it again. I know it. I believe it, and I receive it. 